and Brit. Brad and Brit, the perfect combination of brawn and wit. Politics, sports, and trending shit. Let's tune into Brad and Brit. It is the Brad and Brit cast. We're glad you're with us here. It's our uh, famous midweek edition. That gets us, uh, yeah, we're halfway to the weekend, Britt. Halfway we are to halfway the, there. It is the hub day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this, this one just uh, came to my attention. This is very, di- everything's disturbing now, right? Is there anything Correct. that isn't disturbing? Correct. A Russian model who called Vladimir Putin a psychopath has been found dead and stuffed in a suitcase. Wow. 23 years old, Greta Vedler, missing a year ago. She went on an anti-Putin social media rant. This is my favorite comma. But the two events do not appear to be connected. Sure. Of course not. (laughs) Her ex-boyfriend has now confessed to strangling her to death before driving her 300 miles and sticking the body in a suitcase. I'm sure it was a Samsonite. They're very, very sturdy. No, I'm sorry. I have the insensitive punchline. You have to be really committed to the price of gas to drive somebody 300 miles. (laughs) I apologize to the universe. (laughs) Uh, In other other entertainment news, uh, Netflix has uh, officially announced they're bringing back Vladimir Zelensky's show servant of the people wow it will be back on i guess it was on for a while um they took it off and uh for some reason there's interest in in uh, seeing it again you know have uh, you seen the clips that they use in the new it really looks like a well-produced <laughs> excellent show just kind of on its own merits and he's obviously um very very good it's it's interesting because remember when reagan became president all the reagan movies had to disappear off of tv you know, yeah, it, th- there was a there was an eight year drought of not being able to see bedtime for Bonzo. That <laughs> and as a nation, as a nation, we were much poorer for that. Right. The morale right. of America was much less than it is today because we were not able to see those really shitty Ronald Reagan movies. <laughs> the, the, that's right. Now, the only thing really comparable to it is uh, and, and this has nothing to do with it, but it always does because we get to use a uh, 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 the name of Donald Trump. Uh, one day, one day, those outtakes from The Apprentice are going to appear. They, they exist. And I know they wouldn't change anything. They wouldn't have changed anything. Nothing changes anything. O- on and on it goes. But What's the over-under on the time, n- number of times he uses the N-word? Just wanna, kinda, I just want to know. <laughs> it, 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 it's kind of un, unfinished uh, business. And uh, since we just said the name, here you go. Uh, and I was going to give you a choice of uh, stories. And and uh, the title of this one was going to be Don Starts to Take His Lips Off of Putin's Dick, But Barely. <laughs> oh, you didn't even want to go with ass on that one. That's good. Okay. All right. <laughs> Trump now says he's a little bit surprised at the invasion of Ukraine by Russian President Putin. Uh, he ordered military action because, as Trump says, I thought he was negotiating when he sent his troops to the border. I thought it was a tough way to negotiate, but a smart way to negotiate. So remember, this is Trump's way of, of distancing himself. He, he thought it was a smart way to negotiate. And this is how I think, in one sense, stupid Trump is. How many weeks leading up to the actual invasion 
were we being explicitly told yeah. by the United States government and the president opening up our intelligence files, which we used to not do. We changed, changed tactics this time and right. said he's going to do it. He's not joking. This is not a negotiating right. tactic. But Trump now today yeah. is saying that back then he was still taking Putin's point of view, which wasn't real. Putin didn't think he was negotiating by doing that. The United States government knew he wasn't negotiating when he threw 100,000 plus troops onto the border. But Trump is still still playing that game. He did a phone interview with a Washington examiner with David Drucker. Um, on and on it goes. And of course, it, it, you know, this is all being released right after Zelensky uh, makes his speech. And Trump is trying to spin the fact that he's the one that held up military aid to uh, Ukraine a couple years ago when he was trying to strong arm the then rookie president. Zelensky into opening up a fake investigation into uh, uh, Joe and Hunter Biden to try to undercut Biden. Remember, this was before Biden was even the nominee. Because Trump, the only thing he's gotten right, I think, in the last, it was he had this feeling that Biden would be the toughest candidate for him mm-hmm. to beat in a general election. So, and, and by the way, we have to take Trump's side on this. He was justified in trying to fuck over Joe Biden. He knew it. So yeah, he was only doing it to protect himself. Oh, no, right? good call, Donald. I mean, and also, for some reason, Zelensky was pissed off that he was getting pulled into American politics. For some reason or other, he was upset that Donald Trump was trying to pull him into domestic United States politics. Isn't that very, isn't that odd? Isn't that a strange thing? Right, right. And, and he's also, Trump, trying to uh, spin reality, turn it around. He's lying about uh, the relationship of... Uh, himself to uh, nato um he says i got billions and billions of dollars for nato now all that money is going against russia so i did that i closed the pot what do you mean no, all that no. money is go- it doesn't work Na- nato no. is not a it, it, it's not a, a a country with a military budget that has uh, NATO planes, and it, you know it's the countries. Allow, allow me to allow me to uh, use the painful analogy. If a guy abuses his wife, he hits her. They take a hospital, then do an MRI, and they go, "Wow, we found a tumor." Then the guy that hit her goes, "Hey, look! Without me, you would have never found out you had cancer. Look how great I am." I mean, that, that's what this feels like a little bit, doesn't it? It's, it's what kind of he, is he tries to claim credit for all of this shit. It's just like the dumbest shit ever, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, and he's still playing this. Uh, nobody's been tougher on Russia than me. And uh, when when you look at the facts on this, it's not hard to figure out that uh, Donald, who, of course, you know, was in love with Putin the whole time. And even before he ran for president, there was a relationship there. And he spoke highly of him being yeah. the strong leader and all that other stuff in 2017. All right. So that's his first year in office. Trump did sign a bill to sanction the energy and defense industries of Russia. Of course, they had to drag him kicking and screaming in there to sign it. It was bipartisan, but he just said it was seriously flawed, which if, if there ever was a phrase that Donald Trump has never spoken in his life without having it put in front of him or told to 
seriously flawed is not Donald Trump speak, is it? That's no, 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 that's not. Well, that, this, right. is, this was my favorite part of that interview was, you know, Putin's changed. That's why I'm surprised that he went. He's changed. Yeah. Oh, God, don't you hate that? I thought I knew you. <laughs> who knew that the guy who the guy that was in the KGB might try to invade and murder civilians? I mean, who, who could have possibly guessed any of that? There is a serious point to be made through all of this, and I think it's this one. Um, the reason that we knew this was different than other times is because our intelligence was telling us we're getting different vibes from this. This is going to happen. And Donald Trump, during the four years he was in office, repeatedly shit on the intelligence that was presented to him. Correct or not correct? He shit on the intelligence that was presented to him and the people that were compiling it trying to protect us. Well, Britt, again, nice try. <laughs> uh, Donald Trump, of course, was uh, completely correct. He was <laughs> being undercut and given intentionally bad intelligence by our community to make him look bad and only now are they giving the accurate information to a democrat you know that you know that i'm just asking the question i'm just asking why a question that's all i'm doing accurate now and they, they were lying to uh donald trump so it it, it works and and of course donald trump would bring up things like this was this was the anti-American Donald Trump. He would bring up stuff like the Iraq War and all of this stuff. Yes, we've had some problems with intelligence. I'm not going to lie, but he would then try to undermine everything that anybody was trying to do in the name of protecting America. And clearly, the intelligence when it comes to this has been spot on. Correct or not well, correct? Just think about this. What was the final total on the tote board? Na, 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 na. <laughs> Let's go to the top. How many lies was it? Was it 33,000 or something of that sort? Okay. So now we're, we're well into the second year of him being out of the president. Why on earth would anybody think that a guy who lied that much while he was in office oh, yeah. would suddenly start telling the truth when there are even less consequences than the consequences that he didn't suffer very much when he lied while he was in office that only burnished the love that his cult had for him when he would lie. So let's let's just dispense with uh, anything he has to say about it. Let's talk about the substance of what we saw on Wednesday morning from the president of Ukraine, which uh, by all measures was uh, brilliantly crafted, wonderfully written. It seemed to have a little bit of the hand of, of a John Meacham or someone like that, maybe uh, helping out there, although... You know, people in in countries who are really well educated and in the, uh, the upper classes and in government, they tend to know more about us than we do about ourselves. They Correct. know our history better than we do. So anybody that thinks for one second that uh, Zelensky and the people directly around him, well, how do they know about Pearl Harbor? What, do, what did they? What about nine eleven? Who who told them? Yeah. about that how could they martin luther king are, how, are, they, are how were they aware yeah. yeah and by the way the turn of the phrase i have a dream into i have a need is about as top shelf as you get and when i compare that and when you compare it brit to the times over the years for instance around martin luther king day when republicans try to co-op the yeah. words Martin Luther King yep. and act as if 
that's the only thing he ever said. I have a dream that one day people will be judged on the content of their character, right. not the color of their skin. And little brown kids and little white kids will be able to sit at the lunch table and eat at the the dining room of freedom. That's the only thing that he ever said, right, to, right. to Republicans it. who it. try to pretend that somehow that turns him into a modern-day Republican if Martin Luther King were around to judge today. Because Martin Luther King was never a woke guy. No. Um, whatever never that means. <laughs> but, 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 so here's, here's the president of... of uh, of uh, Ukraine, Zelensky, speaking today to the to the Congress and to the world and distilling that line, I have a dream, and instead of just repeating it, because the lamest thing he would have ever said, if th this would have been, you know, the worst, I have a dream that one day Ukraine will live in peace or some shit like that, right? He didn't do that. He did not do that at all. I thought it was a a, a brilliant uh, a bit of statecraft and he did acknowledge i think in a way that he knows we're not going to just suddenly go no fly zone for him with with american uh, uh equipment that uh, we repaint <laughs> to, to to say something else that's not going to happen but he did ask for just more and more equipment and yeah. the kind of uh, uh anti-aircraft um I guess it's S three hundred is the uh, is the name of the uh, the piece of uh, anti aircraft. Uh, there are some similarities stuff. to this stuff, as you recall. Uh, there were many people banging the drum for us to lend all sorts of weaponry to the Afghans back in the late eighties and the early nineties, trying to get them some help. And uh, Charlie Wilson's War, starring Tom Hanks, kind of documents some of that. So you're seeing some of that stuff now as people, far as people, the javelins are a big deal. The Stinger missiles were a big deal back then. Um, I understand that one of the original drafts of the speech, Zelensky was going to go with, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for me. He was, he was going to try to turn that around. I'm glad JFK. that they decided not to do that. that again, would not have worked. <laughs> they didn't go with JFK. He went with MLK. So, yeah, there's a lot of – and then there was uh, President Biden right after the speech announcing – New military aid to the Ukraine following Zelensky's rather heartfelt appeal to the U.S. for more support. But again, I am holding out hope that maybe Marjorie Taylor Greene or Lauren Boebert or Tucker Carlson will convince the Republicans to invite Putin for a, a joint session of Congress speech. Just why should the bomb E be the one that gets to, to speak? Why can't the bomber get to speak, Brad? Why can't we get a heartfelt... <laughs> I, I don't have an answer. I, I, I don't have an answer to these now, kinds of questions. Would you like to see how the New York Post played it? Here's here's the New York Post version of this with asshole John Podoretz, who used to write speeches for Ronald Reagan and George H.W. Bush. Uh, Zelensky showed what true leadership looks like as opposed to that bomb Biden. <laughs> That's what the headline is in the New York Post as Zelensky somehow giving his speech minimizes Joseph Robinette Biden Jr., Brad. A thumb to the eye of Joe Biden, who has shown by any means great leadership throughout this entire thing, getting NATO together, holding us together, getting people to understand, keeping people's eye on the ball this entire time. I think he's done a great job, but of course, not according to John Podoritz of the New York Post, who thinks that Zelensky right. makes it Biden yeah, look I, weak. <laughs> I, I understand. And, and I think this, this won't matter as we get closer to an election. Yeah, uh, that the uh, phrase between a rock and a hard place does not even begin to describe 
the position of uh, Joe Biden right now in terms of uh, whatever he does. Uh, it's just a question of how wrong will it be? Correct. Uh, does he not need to pick at least the least wrong outcome here? Um, the answer is yes. Uh, and he, he, he's going to get whacked. They're go, you know, if he, if he, he, he sends uh, too much equipment while well, we're spending too much money, uh, if he sends the wrong thing and it gets into the wrong hands, you know, if everything's going to be wrong and whatever he does. But you know what? I don't think that that's really true. Um, but there's there's so many other side issues that he has to consider when he uh, when he makes these decisions, including and there's a uh, piece that ran late yesterday afternoon, and it's uh, on the Washington Post site. So I guess it's in the, uh, the physical paper today there. And the ambassador to the United States from China has uh, written something. And uh, again, I was going to headline this one. It was going to be. Uh, can you get good Ukrainian food in Taiwan? Okay, that's how it was going to go. That was going to be on your list, huh? Right. So let, let me All just right. read. This is the, the Chinese ambassador to the United States. Some people are linking Taiwan and Ukraine to play up the risks of a conflict in the Taiwan Strait. Of course, China has always said that you know Taiwan is a part of China. Uh, by the way, not any differently than Putin has said Ukraine is Russian territory. Back to what he said. This is a mistake. These are totally different things. Ukraine is a sovereign state, while Taiwan is an inseparable part of China's territory. So they've drawn the line right now in China and said, don't even think for one second that if we decide this is a perfect time to now make a move and swallow up Taiwan once and forever, that it's anything like what Putin has done with Ukraine. He says the Taiwan question is a Chinese internal affair. Really? Okay. It doesn't right. make sense for people to emphasize the principle of sovereignty on Ukraine while hurting China's sovereignty. So this would be, if, if, if the world objects to China going after Taiwan, then that would be an attack on China's, the People's Republic of China's sovereignty and territorial integrity on Taiwan. So that would be as if right now, not even Putin is saying that what is going on in the world and what Ukraine is doing is an essential attack on Russia's sovereignty. Not even, even say, he doesn't even say that, okay, because it's, it's too stupid to talk about, right? So he says, the future of Taiwan lies in peaceful development of cross-strait, S-T-R-A-I-T, relations, and the reunification of China. We're committed to peaceful reunification, but we retain all options to curb what he puts as Taiwan independence in quotes. Hmm. We hope the U.S. earnestly abides by the one China principle and does not support Taiwan independence, separatism in any form. All right, so you see what the, 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 uh, the point of that is. I'll stop reading. Um, if you're China... And uh, you've been uh, licking your chopsticks for, for, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> well, and I'm not defending the Chinese in any way, shape, or form because obviously, these, uh, in many, they have certain auspices. 
But is there any evidence that after they grabbed Taiwan, they want to grab more stuff? I mean, there's there's clear evidence that Putin wants to grab way more stuff after he gets Ukraine. Well, they might make that case. And by yeah. the way, congratulations, you did just stand up for China. And I, you, I'm, you well, I'm, I pointed out a difference. I pointed out a difference in the two situations. Right. right. But, but, well, see, we already had uh, uh, something called the the uh, the Indochina War, the Vietnam yeah. War, yeah. 50, 60 years ago. So we've kind of already been through that grabbing countries, domino theories, and, and shit like that. So uh, I think it is fair to say that China would be more than happy to just settle on on uh, completely swallowing up Taiwan mm. and uh, ending any kind of uh, independent government and freedoms that the people have there. So that is a difference. You are you are correct. Um, but uh, but China you can already... see but this, this is something that Biden they have to think about this oh, big time. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because no, then there's... you have this issue of of the the Chinese playing this this uh, it's a kabuki. Di- Sorry. Did it again, didn't you? Sorry. You did it again. I can't help. It. I, well, the, I, I the Chinese help. have always exercised, you know, they pretty much control what's going on in North Korea. Uh, that 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 dictatorship. But they can have that. <laughs> That's theirs. No, no problem. <laughs> well, but it kind That's of it. it's kind of adjacent to this place that we kind of care about called South Korea. It might be a problem problematic right. if they. Right, right, but uh, <laughs> um... they can have that. Right. it's yours but, but uh, when I think about this and I don't think about it that much but I think about it a little bit I think about the fact that, that probably if you just strip everything away to its most basic idea and China and, and Russia they're really not friends at all they're not they're just there yeah. and they, sometimes they conveniently pair up for, for certain things like I'm cheating in the Olympics or something like that. Okay. That's it. I, when, I do feel like, I feel like there was a, a, a concerted effort to make sure that he didn't, that Putin himself didn't shit on the Chinese. They waited till after the Olympics to start this invasion. Right. Right. I yeah, really okay. feel like that happened. Okay. That that's cooperation. But, but, but here's the point. The point is that uh, both of these countries um, and they're doing it in different ways, obviously. Um, have a uh, and the, the young folks call it a boner. I call it a hard on for the United States. Is that what the and young folks have, call it? They call it a boner. Sorry, they, they've they've had it for you know a hundred years. Yeah, hundred years. Uh, Russian Revolution was nineteen seventeen, right? Mm-hmm. And modern China, whatever is you know, like 1948 or something. Right. All, so all this time. And they have resented us, and particularly after World War II, when we emerged unscathed, relatively speaking, because the war physically wasn't fought on United States soil. So we didn't we didn't suffer. We didn't suffer that way, the way Russia did. And uh, China, which is just this a agrarian piece of shit for, for all this time finally emerged and, and pulled themselves away from direct uh, uh, just the, the worst form of communism you can ever imagine Mao killed millions millions of people yes cultural revolution, people. That shit. but through but through it all the one common thing is both of those countries in their own way resent the United States 
as being the lead dog in the world. And either of them, both of them, want to be in that position. China has put itself in a much better position to, to get there, right? Uh, Russia, not that they were ever close, but now they've moved about 300 steps back. Mm. And uh, they are generationally destroyed um, for, for all kinds of reasons. But, but if, if you think, all right, so that's what drives these people. They just hate us. Mm-hmm. And, and, and this isn't a, they're jealous of the way we, you know, it, none of that, that was a dumb thing after uh, 9-11. Oh, the, you know, the reason they flew the planes in the building is because they're jealous of the way we live. It was never that, right? No, they just hated have, us. Yeah, we have they're yachts just, and cars and stuff and they hate yeah, it. They hate it. Uh, it's not, a, not no. That was that. Um, but our economic ties to China are so intense and so close and so important yeah. that we're going to see in the end here whether the theory that has driven a lot of American thought and policy, whether you like it or not, for the last 30 to 40 years, which is that if countries are tied in so close economically they're much less likely to go to war with each other it used to just be well democracies don't attack each other uh, that was that, yeah that's, that's still holding true because i'm not i'm not giving it to say oh russia was a democracy and they attacked <laughs> ukraine but no, no, no that's a dictatorship yeah, that's that one is, guy yeah all right um but with with china and the united states of course you know china's not a democracy either they're they're a dictatorship right um but we do have such close economic ties with them in so many different areas. Um, my brother, my brother works for a company that is owned by the Chinese. He, uh, he, I don't think he's been back over there since he got back in, uh, I think, February or early March of 2020 on his last trip. Um, and he, he was sweating about coming back with uh, the coronavirus. He was okay. He didn't have it. It would be um, it would be exceptionally difficult for you to name a Fortune 500 company that doesn't have significant ties to China. I mean, that would be that would be really hard to do, actually. Right. Right. As uh, an just, exercise. Just, just to, everybody does. So um, at some level, that puts, at least we want to think, more of a break on the way China is, is going to behave ultimately that doesn't mean in the short term they might not take a shot at taiwan if they think they can get away with it i'm not saying that um there's a there's a pragmatism there in china that i'm not seeing with putin there seems to be a pragmatism with that dictatorship and what you're talking about as far as preserving the economic stuff and i i don't i don't know that i see right now among the guys in china that if they took over Taiwan, that that would be some sort of morale booster. I think Putin thinks that would be some sort of morale booster and a nod to the good old days. I don't, I don't think the Chinese leaders see that per se. No, no, it's a different, it's a whole different vibe. And I, I think the real problem here is with Putin is that he might be the only guy, he might be the only guy in Russia who is dreaming of the whatever he thinks were the the, the glory days of the right. old 
old Soviet Union. I mean, there was a there was an hour on TV last night on Frontline on 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 PBS. There's a brand new show um, that, that that dove into this psyche of Putin, and you know, you learn a few things here and there. I try to watch some some different things, and um, you know, when the Berlin Wall fell, and we were all celebrating around the world and the the video and the pictures were so striking they were so wonderful the joy on people's faces in 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 germany at that time and putin was stationed in east germany at the time okay he was a kgb guy Mm -hmm. in east germany so guess what he wasn't celebrating that was the worst day of his life it was that was the worst moment he ever experienced okay And, and he was on the phone when this was going on, calling back to his superiors in the Soviet Union, said, what the fuck do I do here? And yeah. they never returned his calls. They, the phone went dead on him. He was pissed. It's shocking that he didn't start opening fire on people dancing on top of the wall, right? It's kind of, it's kind of shocking. His, his yeah. mindset is, I think, extremely simplistic, and it's just consolidate power and kill your enemies, right? Those, those are the two Vladimir Putin rules. Just, just consolidate power and kill your enemies. Do that, lather, rinse, repeat. Correct. Oh, um, I don't know where he learned. <laughs> there, there is, you, you could make an argument that right now, and uh, I've, I've heard it made. I believe uh, Professor Timothy Snyder of Yale made it yesterday that the the freedom of speech repressions under. Putin are now worse than Stalin. Interesting. Okay. And let's say they're only equal. <laughs> say yeah, they're he's he's on the same par. Equal. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, we can sit back and go, well, that just shows how desperate he is. Or the other one is, well, you know, the reason that they're shooting all kinds of uh, uh, rockets and artillery into the cities is because they can't get anything done on the ground. They're losing. They're losing thousands of soldiers. They're getting generals killed. So we're winning. Well, yeah, no. They haven't taken over the cities, the major ones yet. But uh, who knows how long it's going to take for them to run out of ammunition (laughs) before these cities just, just look like parking lots. I mean, Kiev is a is a big, yeah, big city. city. I mean, yeah. I, I've heard it compared to to Chicago, or, or yeah. I mean, it's it's a very very large, very very populated city, and uh, I I can't imagine we're going to see something where you have a, 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 a several year guerrilla war with urban war. It, it that that can't last. It, we think about that, but but turn around and look at the home front there in Russia. You're going to have a very dissatisfied population. You are not going to have people satisfied to have no bread, no yeah. money, yeah. no nothing, no mm-hmm. heat, no, no no nothing. They got they got nothing, and and, and meantime, they just think that there is this um, uh, what is it a mil- what are they calling it a military operation. Yeah, necessary so. military yeah. operation going on over and right. over. So they know nothing about it, and they're not allowed to hear the word war. So many of them. It, it, 
the status quo cannot stand for Putin. He knows no. yeah, he I cannot, agree. this cannot be an unlimited thing. This can't be a Vietnam for him. It can't even be an Afghanistan for him because they, they held out in Afghanistan for a long time before they finally threw in the towel. But, but it's like everything else. It's, it's, it's like economic crises. They, they come instantly and then they recede almost instantly. And, and, and things are just happening more quickly in every area. And I think that's what's going to happen here. Um, we'll see. We'll see. I don't know. I, I almost feel like uh, when we talk about when they're talking about some negotiations with him and having Ukraine agree to the idea that they're not going to join the NATO. And I, I think I agree on that in the short term and then working to do everything you can to get everything in place over the next few years so that they do eventually. You go back on your word and fuck what he said and fuck what you signed. Uh, you know, you, you, you do everything to try to secure and shore them up so that they can join NATO. I think they have. I think it's, it's never been clearer that they really have to be a member of NATO now. Well, wait, Zelensky had a, had a clever idea. He has come up with a whole new group, a, diff, a different thing. Oh, there you go. Okay, we're not going to join NATO. We're going we're gonna, to uh, come up with a different alliance. We're not, the, we're not the Beatles. We're Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club band. What are you talking about? I don't know about Beatles. I have no idea what those is people that, are. Now, now is that going to be acceptable to Putin? Because, you know, no. as you know, everything we do has to be acceptable to Putin and not push him to, to uh, uh, call for a nuclear strike on Wichita. I understand that. Um, although Wichita, I could do without, you know, let's just, here's a list of cities. We're okay with you again. Like you said, you can have North Korea, China. Here are some cities. We wouldn't mind you taking out Wichita. Not a bad one. I I thought that, uh, the way they crafted his appearance on Wednesday in front of the, the Congress was pretty brilliant because, you know, the first part he spoke in Ukrainian and it was translated. Then they showed, uh, this little five minute video that started off as a, a uh, travelogue. It looked like every uh, commercial you'd see for uh, Travelocity or Orbits or, or uh, Come Visit Ukraine, just beautiful flowers blooming, beautiful buildings, art museums. This is what we are. And then they immediately cut to all of the, the, uh, the violence and the blood and the, the damage that has been done, which you know made its point. And then he came back after that and spoke in English. He spoke in English, and the whole thing was less than 20 minutes, which, again, that's, that's the, the smarts of a performer who knows that the last thing that you want to do with uh, a bunch of people, many of whom are over 90 and don't have long attention spans, is get up there and give, how should we say it, a State of the Union length speech <laughs> at nine, 9 in the morning. Because yeah. we knew what you were going to talk about, and he said it, and he got it done, and it was eloquent. It was Churchillian. It made its point, yeah. um, and and on we went. Now, right after that, I went over to C-SPAN. Uh, you see, C-SPAN is this channel that uh, the uh, cable companies uh, about 40 years ago said, we'll get sorry. Cable Satellite Public Affairs Network. Thank you. Uh, and, and they and I don't know whether the regular cables were, were running this or not. I don't think they were. But uh, right after that, of course, the Republicans have to get up in front of microphones and uh, give their opinion like, like they almost had to give the uh, the opposing view. OK, <laughs> the of course, opposing it wasn't opposing view. View. oh, please. <laughs> no, but what they had to give is their opinion of what Joe Biden is doing. Of course. Uh, so uh, Kevin McCarthy. 
and Steve Scalise, and it was Elaine Stefanik, who's number three. You know, she's the one who assassinated Liz Cheney. Remember that? How she killed her? I do remember, yeah. Uh, they're standing there, and I hear uh, Scalise, and then McCarthy back up. Scalise says that that he really, really was moved by the images in that video. How can you not? That were shown today. How could you not be? And and uh, oh, wait a minute, uh, Marjorie Taylor. Make Marjorie Taylor Green wasn't because she's I awful. Did, she didn't clap. But uh, <laughs> my my question to you, Mister Scalise, is: Let me get this straight. Have you been watching the news the last three weeks? Yeah. You know, it's been everywhere. Yeah, it has okay. been. Okay. And and let me ask you another question, uh, Mister Scalise, Mister McCarthy. Do the video images of January six two thousand and 21 did they move you have have they changed your behavior your point of view did, did they bother you that much no, not apparently that much. not no not so apparently much. not so as far as i'm concerned fuck you guys yeah fuck you okay oh, yeah. because you are letting the mastermind of 2021 and 2020 and going back to 2016 the worst president in the history of the country you have enabled him. You have voted not to convict him, not yeah. to impeach him. And the physical and video evidence has not moved you, apparently, enough. Mm -mm. But with Ukraine, it has. It's not a question of pitting one against the other. It's no. what you've been willing to overlook. And right. so, therefore, as always, your credibility and your sympathy to me means nothing because you're full of shit. And you're going to try to leverage whatever happens, whatever happens, to uh, try to gain votes as you then preach to us that, again, politics stops at the water's edge. Oh, I've heard it said today. Oh, yeah. finally, it's happened. Who, who Look, they're it? all together on the same page. Who politics said it? Who said it? Off. Uh, off. But the Republicans basically have two positions on this. Joe Biden isn't doing enough and Joe Biden's doing too much. Other than that, yes. they're, they're they're right on board with exactly what's going on. We need well, to not, do, it's um, not a question that he's doing too much. It's that uh, he's he's not doing enough, and anything he's doing doesn't um, uh, counteract what he didn't do leading up to this. Th th that would be it. So so he, it, it, yours is a different version of no matter what he does, he loses. Yeah, essentially, this, this is an alternate. It's too uh, much or it's not enough. Uh, the yeah. president, but we'll just do a quick whip around here. The president going after some of the oil companies today, tweeting out that uh, oil was at $96 a barrel. At least that's when he was writing this tweet. Well, last time it was that, gas was at $3.62 a gallon. Now it's $4.31. Oil and gas companies should not pad their profits at the expense of hardworking Americans. I understand Janine Pirro on the five got very upset when Geraldo called out some of the oil companies that we need to leave them alone. So Joe Biden feels like the oil companies are trying to just make some money off of the situation, Brad. Uh, yeah, the sun yeah. came up this morning in the east. Did you hear? <laughs> Meanwhile, in other news, the Fed has lifted its key interest rate as expected by a quarter point, also 25 base points, however you want to look at it. That was kind of baked into the cake anyway, correct? Uh. Yeah, let me uh, let me check the stock thing. just to see how it's doing at the moment. While I take a look and see how 
Our friend Rachel Campos Duffy having a banner week as she fills in for Ainsley Earhart on Fox and Friends. She pissed off crazy Dan Crenshaw today by again repeating some of those talking points from Putin and was called out on it. You'll recall earlier this week, Brian Kilmeade, the guy on the couch next to her, said, it's not our fault that Putin attacked Russia. Would you please shut up? <laughs> Rachel Campos Duffy not having the best week as she fills in for Sean Handy's girlfriend on Fox and Friends. <laughs> I don't know. I may have to ban you from talking about her. <laughs> she's, she's the just, best. She's just, of course, nobody knows who she is and she's irrelevant. <laughs> So she's she's, she's, on, a, she's a double. So you have to assume that people would watch and listen to us would actually know who the fuck she is. And she she's really on, is a, one of the most popular shows on cable television with millions of viewers every single day. And not one not one of them listens or watches us. But okay. Uh, and then of course we had this problem as if there are enough things going on in the world. A quake near Fukushima in Japan prompting a tsunami alert. Brad. So uh, a lot of things going on in the world right now. Not not good times. Not not the best of times, as we say in the world. But we are can, seeing... can we talk? Uh, let, let, can we just finish up with the whole daylight savings time thing? Oh, yes. Yeah. Let's go. Okay. Um. Because uh, and, and by the way, before we get to that, can I get to the? Uh, I wanted to do this story, and I headlined it: the worst dentist in the history of the world. Wow. Okay. Worst dentist ever. There's an, the guy that did my root canal two days ago, very good. Not had nothing. He's one, one of the best. One of the best. This this you, you can see. Look at me. I'm fine. Um, this is a guy in Wisconsin. He uh, has been found guilty of purposely breaking the teeth of his patients so he could rake in millions from insurance companies to fix them. Holy shit! His name is Scott Charmoli of Jackson, Wisconsin. Sixty-one years old. Jackson. Convicted of five counts of health care fraud, two counts of making false statements about treatments that patients needed. He says he performed far more crowns than most dentists in Wisconsin. He billed more than $4.2 million for crown procedures between 2016 and 19. 700 per year. Excellent, excellent. He could get 10 years. Yeah. He'll be sentenced in June. Yeah, you... And by the way, you, you should probably, when the doctor comes in there and he has an actual ball-peen hammer in his left hand, this is not the guy you want to be working on is your team. Is that a ball-peen hammer? Uh, take some more laughing gas and shut up. He's got more crowns than LeBron. All right, now. He, listen, he, he was uh, falsely telling patients that they needed crowns, and then he would use his drill to break off parts of their teeth during the procedure. (laughs) Then he would submit the x-rays, of course, and the photographs to the insurance companies, and and they would pay. Excellent. Good work, sir. Good. Nice job. Nice job. Nice job. And now we get to daylight savings time and what passed the Senate, and it happened on Tuesday in a bipartisan vote to make daylight saving time permanent, Brad. Yeah, now it wasn't even a vote. It was one of those voice votes, unanimous yeah, consent. Because everybody would have gone for it. Because everybody just, just sits there and, and they say, okay, it was 100 to nothing. And uh, I, I when I started to read a little bit more, it suddenly clicked in that uh, it is correct. This has already been done. I tried yes. this once. Yes. And, and, and uh, the reason I barely remember it, because it was in – uh, 1973, in the fall of 73, 
And uh, I guess I was a freshman in college. Last thing I was thinking about was right. uh, what time it was, right? Doesn't matter when you're no. a freshman in college, 1973. And, and that was the year of streaking, okay? People taking their clothes off and running through the Ray quad. Stevens. There was, it didn't matter what time. It was. All right, but so, you get an extra hour of daylight to see them more clearly. I mean. Wait, wait, wait. So they, they, they passed it, I guess, late in the year in 1973. It takes effect. And um, as I read it, I do remember now what the complaint was. And the complaint was that little kids would be back standing in darkness in the morning. Yeah. Okay. In the spring. Yeah. Because of the, uh, 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 you know, leaving daylight savings time in place all all the way. Okay. It just didn't work. And to add uh, fun to this discussion, which there really isn't one, and there was a unanimous consent vote. But remember, the further north you go, the longer the darkness. Okay. So this really does kind of pit north versus south. Yeah. And so who was the lead sponsor of this? It was Marco Rubio. Marco Rubio. Of yeah. Florida, naturally. And, and as always, they gave it this fucked up Orwellian name. What do they call it? The Sunshine Preservation Act. Oh, Jesus. Okay. It doesn't preserve sunshine. Who's against sunshine? Preserve... Yeah. Yeah. Who's against sunshine? So in, in 73, when they did it, Nixon signed it the next day. Okay. Uh it didn't even last a year. It was supposed to be a two-year experiment. But before the first year was up, they dumped it, okay, because it was also sold as, and again, remember, this is right uh, during or after the first Arab oil embargo, 1973. So this will help save energy because, you know, the light will be at the end of the day more, and people won't have to turn on their lights until later in the evening. Okay, so that's going to supposedly save energy. Well, guess what? That didn't happen either. That, that was a dumb idea, and it wasn't true. So they repealed it before the year was over, and uh, the new president, Jerry Ford, <laughs> signed it, and that was the end of it. And so it's one of those ideas where, and I think we've talked about this forever where we said why don't we just stay on daylight savings time all the time and we all shake our heads up and down yeah that's a great idea if you think it's going to be any better this time it's not we're going to we, we, we never learn we never learned from history we never learned from history from six months ago why would we learn from something that happened nearly 50 years ago I mean, well, but for, see, and this, this is the dishonesty of government this is the both sides do it but usually it's republicans more than democrats you if you're going to do this you do need to say, you need to be honest with people and say, we did this 50 years ago. And for various <laughs> reasons, it, it, it didn't work. But we knocked we it off in like two it, years. It was over. Yeah. yeah. We, we, we knocked it off in less than a year. It was supposed I'll, to be two years. When we went to the current system, which is the whatever it is, November and, and March thing now, there was multi, multi-million dollar, maybe multi-billion dollar studies. And it said... We're going to save billions of barrels of oil. You know, just, just tons of money, tons of. This is great for energy independence if we do it here at this time, and we do it in March. That's going to be, and then that seemed like it was finalized. That seemed like okay, we, we can live with that. We get a long stretch and, and all this other horseshit. And now, as you say, here comes Marco Rubio trying to, you know, 
reinvent the wheel or whatever the hell he's doing, but you know, it's bipartisan bullshit and everybody voted for him a voice vote and we're just going to go down this road again and somehow think it's going to solve it. But cause, and, and it happens the day after, cause it, it, you know why it happened? Cause people were tired on my, I'm really tired on Monday. Why am I tired? Oh yeah. Fuck this. I'm going to bring something to the floor. You know, look dipshit. Let's not overreact. Let's not knee jerk. There's a lot of Americans out there having it worse hey. than you are that do actual work, dickhead. Let's go full conspiracy theory on this. Kind of interesting that this passed right in the middle of when everyone's attention is occupied by inflation, the price of gasoline, the price yeah. of food, right. and an international crisis, kind of like the kind we've never seen in our lifetimes, <laughs> uh, bigger than we've ever seen. So they, they kind of slipped this one in there. Um, but and, and here's another thing. This is I, I'll live and die by this one. Anytime you get a hundred senators to agree on anything, there you look go. out. There you just, go. Just look out. hundred okay. percent. You can't get a hundred. You can't get a hundred senators to agree that Sofia Vergara is hot. You can't do that, it. Well, that's right. That's right. Although to be fair, she is. But that's yeah, true. Um, you shouldn't vote against that. No. But uh, we'll, we'll see. Now, I, I just wonder. And remember, the uh, House of Representatives is not the Senate. Uh, I doubt that they're going to get, you know, 435 to nothing. No. Uh, like the Senate was 100 to nothing. I just don't think that that's but, but this, this is the But this is, is the kind of dumbass thing where people are like, call your congressman. You know, this is the kind of thing where people will call their congressman and send an email. I believe strongly. You know, that's well, going to be the kind well, of thing. Well, wait a minute. Brett, Brett, does, does the office close at 5 o'clock or is that 4 o'clock? <laughs> Or is that six o'clock? I can't figure it out. I don't know what to do. I'm, I'm, I'm a little somebody about a year ago. Somebody goes, "Well, who came up with the idea of daylight saving time?" And I went, "Ben Franklin. Why do you hate America?" Yeah. See, so they they, they were shitting all over it. So there. I don't. You know what? I don't think that was his idea. I'm, I, I'm not sure that he that's was. True. He was a huge proponent. It's only of it. done for like a hundred years. I don't think it was done all, all that time ago. First of all, it was probably such a pain in the ass to change clocks. For, for a long time. It took a team of 20 men to change a clock back then. Yeah. Yeah. Do we really want to do this? No, we can't. We can't do it. 